0: There are those who think the boomer generation had all the jam, and to some extent they're right. Hello, I'm Richard Paul Jones, PJ to my friends, and welcome to All The Jam, a podcast of nonsense about a life lived on the fringes of rock and roll and other places. I just feel so lucky. I'm from a generation which had the opportunity for ordinary people, average people like me, to insulate ourselves from hard times in a way that later generations haven't. Despite having all my work cancelled this year, I know I'll survive. But this isn't the case for so many of my colleagues in event production. As the coronavirus pandemic has washed over the country, I've seen financial life belts thrown to people in various industry sectors, but the self-employed, who make up a significant number of the live events industry, are still floundering in the waves, and appear to be the last major group in danger of drowning, or at least being washed up on some desolate shore. Our close cousins, the hospitality industry, is in a similar state, but at least they were given a leaky lifeboat in the form of eat out to help out, and some admittedly restricted opening hours. Of course it's not enough, and many will fall by the wayside, but at least the sector has been recognised, and much of it has had a slim chance of earning a bit of cash from time to time. The government will talk of millions paid out to venues and furloughed employees, but the vast majority of people who produce live events are self-employed. These are the people who work on gigs and tours, festivals, plays, musicals, dance and concert recitals, conferences, exhibitions and just about anything else that relies on a live audience. A whole slice of our society has been sidelined. And this is an industry sector that earns over a hundred billion a year for the UK, not to mention the intangible benefits that come from exporting our culture around the world. The soft power that we are told helps change the world for the better. Since March I have watched as so many of my event production families struggle to pay their bills and feed their families and keep their homes. I have been able to bung a few quid to a friend or two, but very few individuals have sufficient resources to make a significant difference. It's distressing in the extreme, and many are reduced to relying on food banks and a benefit system which isn't fit for purpose. It's against this background that the Production Services Association, the trade body representing the people who make the events industry happen launched a project to raise money for its stagehand benevolent fund, which helps event workers manage in hard times. The project is called Prints for Music, and is selling photographic prints of iconic musos taken by what they describe as globally recognised and celebrated photographers. Looking through the site, I noticed there were no photos of Freddie Mercury. This was not the result of my inbuilt database of superstars firing off. Truth is, I wouldn't recognise many of them, or their work. No, it's because I took a roll of film at the Finsbury Park Rainbow on Queen's first headline tour in 1974 while I was working for the Support Act. Some of them are halfway decent shots and remained unseen for 40 years until I put a few on a Queen fan site. The band's management saw them and asked if they could use them for a boxed set of the Rainbow show which had been filmed. It seemed the film had been lost and emerged from its dusty hiding place just in time for a 40th anniversary marketing opportunity. Most of us love a bit of coincidence, and this is a good one. The band I was working for in 1974 was a rock band in the Humble Pie vein called Hustler. For our younger listeners, Humble Pie was also a band, and well worth looking up on YouTube. A few weeks ago, after 45 years of silence, Hustler released a new album, Hustler Reloaded. The original singer had died some years previously, but back in 1974, the cost of studio time was not the limiting factor it is today. It seems they had recorded enough songs for several albums, and have used the vocals from the 74 sessions on the new one. To hear that voice on an album of new songs was a chills down the spine moment. To add to the coincidence, in 1974 Hustler had been managed by the present chair of the Stagehand Benevolent Fund, who, as you might expect, is also an active participant in Prince for Music. Suffice to say, the project accepted six of my photos, I must admit I've always wanted to be a globally recognised and celebrated photographer, and while it's blatantly not the case, this is as close as I'm likely to get, so I'll grab it while I can. It's customary in such enterprises for the contributors to provide a bio with details of the acts they've photographed and the publications in which their work has appeared. The convention is that they're written in the third person, a convention I've always found impersonal and unnecessarily limiting. I too was asked for a bio but my list of photographs published in the National Press is short, like very short. To be precise, it's two, unless you include pictures of me, in which case it's three. I appeared as a kerb-crawler in Coburg Street in Leith in the Sunday Times in 1988. Coburg Street was the red-light area by Leith docks to the north of Edinburgh. I should add that I was working on the story, and stood in for the picture as it was late and cold, and we all wanted to get home and for some reason, none of the working girl's clients were overly enthusiastic about appearing in a National Sunday paper. But I digress. As the only non-professional photographer, and one who likes to write, my bio is in the first person, as it allows for a more active writing style. And this is it. I went to my first gig at 16. The bill included Jimi Hendrix, Pink Floyd and Traffic. I had a camera with me and found a backstage pass on the floor allowing me to take photos in dressing rooms and on stage. As an impoverished student I couldn't afford to get the film developed and put it in a safe place for when I could. I've not seen it since. Looking through the bios on this site I feel more than a little out of place. The other contributors are all famous photographers whose work appears on album covers and in publications worldwide. My qualification for being here is the good fortune to be working with a support band on Queen's first headline tour. It's hard to imagine a roadie from the Support Act freely wandering around the headliner's sound check with a camera now, but they were simpler days. Since then I've worked in the business as a roadie, tour and production manager and filled any number of other technical positions in clubs, at public events and festivals, and I usually have a camera with me. These days I use it more for technical reference than creative purposes, but nonetheless I've gathered a random, hazy collection of fly-on-the-wall images of varying quality, recording a life on the fringes of rock and roll. I'm a baby boomer. My generation had all the jam. And now I have this opportunity to give something back. How lucky am I. You can see the photos at www.princeformusic.com. The prints are A3 size that's twice the size of a regular letter, and are supplied to the project free of charge by Genesis Imaging, so that all the proceeds can go to the fund. If you fancy a print, they're £95 each, from www.printsformusic.com. Since recording that piece, I've had some updates from the Benevolent Fund. So far, Prints for Music has raised tens of thousands of pounds and the Fund has been able to help hundreds of self-employed event crew pay their bills and feed their families. One recipient of a grant from the Fund wrote to say, I woke up desperate, knowing I was down to my last eight pounds, and then I had notification that you would awarded me a grant. I can't tell you how much this means to me. A heartrending example of what thousands more are facing. So if you like going to gigs, help the people who make them happen. By taking this one-time opportunity to get quality prints of the best photos of the world's best musicians by the world's best photographers, and me. If photos aren't your thing, how about a guitar belonging to Pete Townsend, Mark Knopfler or Eric Clapton? Or having John Otway do a gig for you and your friends at your house? I Love Live is a prize draw in aid of the Stagehand Fund. Prizes include guitars not only from Townsend, Knopfler and Clapton, but also Nick Cave, Liam Gallagher Radiohead, Elbow, the Thompson Twins and many others. There are also keyboards from Gary Newman and Disclosure, and a Chemical Brothers synthesizer. Or how about two passes to all of Marillion's shows anywhere in the world for life? Or you might prefer a couple of VIP tickets to Glastonbury, Reading or Leeds festivals. There are too many pieces of musical memorabilia to mention here, so check the website for new items which are being donated daily by the performers who play on the stages and at the festivals built by the unsung and currently unemployed heroes of the music world, the event crews. You can see full details of each prize and choose which prize you want to win by visiting the website at crowdfunder.co.uk forward slash I hyphen love live. Tickets are only a fiver, so get some before the prize draw closes at 6pm on the 17th of December. I've received another message from the organisers saying they've just added a signed album by a band famous for not signing anything, ever. They haven't told me who they are, so I'm off to check out the page and find out. Why don't you do the same, and while you're there, buy a print, or buy a ticket, or both. Andy Lentil, who's distributing the fund, says every few photos and prize draw tickets sold is another opportunity for me to say yes to an applicant please help him say yes. Meanwhile, we're all looking forward to seeing you at a gig somewhere soon. That's all the jam for the time being. I'll be opening up the jar to see what nonsense from the fringes of rock and roll and other places I can scrape out again soon. Meanwhile, take care, look after yourself, look after your friends.